The Money Show. Shapeshifters. And fabulous to have uh, the epitome of South African luxury or the representative of the epitome of South African luxury, and that is the interior decor king of South Africa, and that's Chris Valant, the founder and chief executive at Valant. And last time we chatted, Chris, it was during the lockdowns. Everybody was morbid and gloomy. And I said, we've, we've got to get you back and just have a slightly bigger chat. And tonight we're at the Absa Champagne in Africa Festival, and it's all about luxury and enjoyment and refinement and enjoying the glorious things in life. Are you finding sales recovering post-COVID? Are things getting back to some kind of old normal? Hi, Bruce. First of all, are you having a glass of champagne? Uh, I've had... Um, I've, I've humiliated myself, and I've told the story enough to tell it again. Um, I was given the three independent <laughs> varietals of champagne, in Pinot Meunier, in Pinot Noir, and Chardonnay, and I misdiagnosed the first two, and I got the third one right through a process of elimination. Um, but yes, I have sampled some, but I'm saving myself um, for after 8 o'clock this evening um, so that I can do it properly with a clear conscience. That's what I'm planning to do. But do tell me, have your sales begun to, to recover? Yes. I think, I mean, during COVID, of course, our market didn't travel. They didn't go on ski holidays, didn't go out to restaurants, etc. Sales were great. And now that we're getting to some kind of normality, but actually there is no normality. We came out of COVID. Then we had Ukraine, etc., etc. We've got another battle to, to fight. Um, yeah, sales are good, but it's tough. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, when one looks at the ability of people with money to spend even in difficult times. So you almost, from a sales perspective, didn't have any sort of abominable um, COVID experience, which I think is a huge relief. But it does talk about that ability to tap into South Africa's wealthier consumers because they're going to buy regardless of the economic circumstances. They want to enhance their lives. We saw people across the economic spectrum improving their, 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 their homes and spending money on renovations and things. And I suppose once you've renovated, you need pretty things to put into the space you've just created. So that would have paid to your hands as well. Totally. I mean, that, that will continue, that, that desire for incredible products and interiors for, for your home. And, I mean, when we go through these difficult times, money doesn't just disappear. Money is somewhere, and it's just where are the customers going to spend it or hold back, and it's all about timing, when they are going to spend. So it's, it's our job as retailer to kind of create a demand, create the value, create an incredible experience in order to entice that customer to spend. I'm, I'm asked my producers just to leave the microphone on just to make you jealous about the fun in the background, Chris. I hope it's not too distracting to you, but I think it's more distracting to have it come and go. So if there's a constant buzz and a hubbub in the background, I, th- I think you, you are with us in the room in spirit, if not in presence. With the origin story of Valence, how does it start? What's your training? What's your origin? How do you get into running and owning the premium interior decorating business in South Africa? I grew up in Namibia, a family from Germany. My father started a business in furniture, uh, imported when the rand was stronger than the dollar. Those were the incredible times. Imported product from Europe, Brazil, etc. 
I had a passion for it, still have a passion for it, love it. I'm actually a chartered accountant, um, but I love creating. I love the numbers and I love creating beautiful products. That's where it kind of started and it's kind of, we're moving on, we're innovating, we're changing, we're growing, we're doing different things because we love what we're doing. What's the inspiration? I mean, if you have an, a brand identity, what is that brand identity? I, I sometimes walk into a Valence and I'm not quite sure uh, if, if it's an African uh, sort of theme because there's lots of leather and beautiful wood and, um, and, and a lovely, um, really textured fabrics. And you know, there's a lot of texture in, in Valence. I, I, but it doesn't feel exclusively Africa of African origin sort of um, look and feel. It's... I think the origin where I grew up is in Namibia and the open, wide open spaces, the, the textures, the boldness, the, the landscapes. Um, that's, we, we are a bold brand. We an African brand, but we are origins from Europe, but we're in Africa. So it's, it's combining the essence of Africa with our heritage, with my heritage, my family's heritage, adapting to our market, our lifestyles. And that's what people love. And people coming from overseas, they love it's an authentic, real brand, the soul that is not a copy paste from something else. Um, the how many stores are there uh, across Africa now? Because I think you've got you have expanded beyond South Africa's borders, if memory serves. We did. We went to Australia. It was a great experience, an expensive experience. We're not there anymore. Uh, we 11 stores in uh, South Africa. We've got a couple of distributors in Africa and Mauritius. Um, <clears throat> and kind of our focus moving forward is really expanding our IP, which is created here for the export market. Now, that's such an interesting proposition having domestic IP grown and developed here not necessarily manufactured here you can get stuff often manufactured almost anywhere in the world and then you you find distributors elsewhere explain to me what the thinking is and the business model around the ip distribution model rather than the physical furniture which is very expensive distribution model <clears throat> so the ip is what is what we've created as collection uh, you walk into the store and you know you're in a valence store you got and that's three generations now of creating that um, and instead of having bricks and mortar we went to australia bricks and mortar kind of opening a store thinking this is we going to do what we're doing here etc learning from that and saying all right how do we create people love our brand how do we create something that we can export and one of those is is which we're starting off is made in africa concept we're going to export made in Africa, taking the best what we've done, distilling it to a core range that we're going to export made in South Africa. That's the first phase of this expansion of our kind of IP, our brand. We have got distributors that buy our product. But I'm, I'm far more excited about exporting our IP, our curated product made in Africa. And we spoke about COVID and during COVID and a year before already, we've invested heavily in our local production. You know, currently we already produce 45% of our, our product locally, and that's going to increase. 
So it's, and we've seen it worldwide, is this local production, you know, the world of globalization where <clears throat> that's all changing. There's a whole different mindset around it. You know, the, the freight costs have skyrocketed by 10 times. So local production, innovating, that is, and the story behind the product, the authenticity, that is what the market is looking for, especially export market. Export market, if you look at Europe, if you look at America, they're actually tired of buying stuff from China. If you look at what China, politically what's happening, people, they were looking for something new. <clears throat> they're looking for a new story, a new destination. And I think, I believe, I strongly believe in it, that Africa, we have got an opportunity. Um, and the timing is right. What keeps you fresh? What keeps you continuing to innovate, leading the charge, ensuring that your designers are doing their very best work, that you are influencing that to keep a design ethos and that IP, that critical IP, that the moment you see something from Valance, you know it's from Valance and not from uh, a knockoff shop somewhere else or a competing brand. Mm. Bruce, I'm actually obsessed in what I'm doing. It's, it's a bit of a problem. Sorry, I'm obsessed with what a you know, passion I love it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I travel, I'm in the factories, I'm, I'm, I'm aware, I'm conscious, I'm thinking all the time, thinking of ideas. Um, that's what it is. I'm passionate, I love what I'm doing. And I've got people around me that have the same passion and they're inspired by the same vision. And that's why we're moving forward and, and creating constant. But you can't be as successful as you are without being obsessed, can you? No, I think you have to be obsessed, a bit weird, a bit difficult. Um, uh, yeah, all those kind of, you have to be. I mean, if you look at the success, I mean, the super successful guys, Elon Musk. Um, Apple, Bezos, they have to be a little bit different and weird and awkward and a bit crazy to be so successful because they are so super focused in what they're doing. What gives you that focus? What makes you as obsessive as you are? Is it something intrinsic in your character? Is it something you've learned over time no i think from an early age i've i mean it's i think i always look at what shapes me i mean part of it is how i grew up my family immigrating from germany to namibia the mindset but a lot of it is is having that background environment but a lot is your own personality your drive my drive has always been to create from a young age trading making bangles scooby-doo stuff Trade, I, I used to sell by that. I, used, I would get so excited about it from early age. So that's my passion, my drive. That's how it operates, my DNA. But, but do you have people leaning on you? Do you have a, do you have a board that sort of reins you in? Because sometimes people like yourself with that level of obsession and that absolute commitment to perfection and dedication and all of those things that make you great can ultimately become destructive in some context. Do so you have people who can pull you into line, who can talk truth to power, if you like, within your organization? Yes. Uh, my wife, Kim. 
Uh, no, but that's, uh, it is, uh, uh, <laughs> it is the, that relationship is the most important relationship in building anything. It is that stabilizing force, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think, Bruce, I mean, the, the advantage is I'm a CA as well. So I uh, always, I, I go balls to the wall, but I also have that CA background that kind of keeps me grounded with regards to that. We're talking this evening to the founder and chief executive at Valance, Chris Valance, this evening. He's our guest, our shapeshifter this evening at the 20th Absa Champagne in Africa Festival. It's taking place today. It's an event like no other, and it's featuring a delectable menu, premium art is on display. And uh, the guests this evening are being entertained right from the very first toast at about half past five until the very last bottle tops over empty and smashes on the floor, or doesn't. Uh, join Absa on the journey from grape to greatness. It's happening today at the Ananda Club Polo Room. What inspires you, Chris? I mean, we, we, we look at artists around the world. Everybody has inspiration from somewhere. Is it the travel? Is it that first-hand experience of indigenous artifacts, indigenous work? Or do you sort of pick up Tatler and Hello magazine and say, oh, that looks nice, let's make some of that? <laughs> for me, it's normal life, day-to-day -day life. It's conscious. I think for me, one of the biggest things is, are you conscious? Are you observing? Are you present in the moment? So it's traveling locally abroad, having a coffee, watching people, listening to people, engaging with people, watching, seeing, exploring stuff on digital media, reading about, following people. So it's, it's a whole host of, I just love life um, and I'm, I'm present in the moment. I mean, you must have a huge interior decor um, demand where you've got designers who come in and go right we're going to decorate this house 80% um, from Valance because they've got the feel and the look that we want to achieve um, in this particular property and they come and they and they buy volumes of product from you Do, are they part of your thinking and design process I mean that sort of feedback must be absolutely pivotal I would think yeah they're part of our kind of program that uh, kind of business to business program so we have a strong relationship with those and we have our retail customers, we have our designers, so it's, it's part of the whole, um, part of the family. And, and that's kind of getting feedback from them. There's a lot of projects that I've done, and the same way when you go on holiday and to a resort, and on holiday and suddenly you're saying, wow, this light is so amazing. This should be part of a range, okay. Let's develop that, the same way the designers come to us, give us some ideas, but yeah. What do you do for fun? I love cooking. I love drinking wine. I love listening to music and having a good time. Do you read much? More than news and I follow interesting people, business people. curious as to what people read business books. Only one person has ever said to me, Paul Hanratty, the CEO of Sunlum, said to me he doesn't read business books. They're too long. It's usually one idea. Sometimes it's a good idea that's enveloped in 300 pages where you could have expressed the idea in a single page or in a single tweet. People have to justify the, the entire book and so they then uh, end up waffling on far too much. Uh, I, I'm wondering whether or not you do 
read business books? Totally not. It's too laborious. Is it just because that? Love yeah. comments. <laughs> <laughs> I just love following successful people and yeah. listening how they think and they speak and comments they make, and that's what inspires me. How do you find? How do you define success? I mean, if you uh, admire somebody's success and prowess in the world, how do you define what success is? It doesn't need to be massive scale, big scale. It can be small. It could be. I love entrepreneurs, small business. I love a corner shop where young people creating something at the market with innovative product. Success for me is success for me is someone creating something, someone believing in it, executing it. And making a difference. Who do you think is the most um, creative South African that you've dealt with? <clears throat> Chris, are you just taking the fifth on this one and refusing to answer the question, <laughs> or thinking very hard? Uh, no, I, I, it's like I think it's, I think it's the range. I can't give you. I can't give you one specific person. And as you know, we kind of launched this campaign about storytelling. And the reason for this campaign about storytelling is the why factor. Who is behind the brand? That's the starting point. Is telling our story, what the Islands is about, where you come from, the history of it. And that platform we want to, that's a platform we want to create for other creators in the industry, in South Africa, whether small and big, that are telling their story, that are telling what they've created, that are, I find so inspirational. And for me, that the, the end goal of all of that is we can do something, it can be done. And that is, I think, for me, is like on every corporate entrepreneurs individuals we can make a difference we can make it happen and not wait for someone else to make it happen that's the movement that we would like to create that we would kind of the platform to play in our small kind of environment that's what we want to do because a, a lot of South Africans are deeply despondent about the present they're despondent about the future they're apprehensive about the future Yet, what comes through in, the, in your work and in the design work that you do, there is a permanent sort of sense of optimism, a permanent sense that, yes, things get choppy and difficult, and oftentimes it gets really complicated in South Africa, yet you keep serving a market that says, we want opulence, we want to live well, we want to express our design ethos. And that, to me, is a, is a very important role that you play in sort of helping people feel, I think, better about themselves. Would you agree? Totally. I think it's. I think it's what I can do. I always believe what I can control and do. I want to inspire. I want to make a difference, and we can make a difference. We're doing local production. We we innovating, and people want. Yes, it's doom and gloom, and there's difficult times, and 
and and we all want a better life and we need to make it happen so i strongly believe in that i'm optimistic and through difficult times and we can do it and what is so fascinating for me is when you watch the difficulties happening in europe the gas prices the and and the inflation that goes to nine percent and eleven percent and everyone's having a meltdown etc and i'm saying this is what this is our daily kind of breakfast here this is what we're dealing with every day that's normal <laughs> exactly <laughs> the, the input you you have an unusual skill set in that you um, are not a creative accountant because that's illegal uh, but you're an accountant who is creative um, and doubling up on that skill set I think is a very powerful and quite unique skill set and uh, I'm sure that has stood you in good stead totally I wouldn't be where I'm but never a combination of both the party here is getting a little bit wild Chris Valant um, if it was, if your couches were in here, I think you'd be a little bit concerned about what was about to happen uh, with uh, some dancing and movement and jollification. But listen, Chris Verdant, it's been noisy, but thank you uh, for bearing with us this evening. Um, and thank you for giving us a bit more depth of the story and your motivations and your inspirations. And keep doing the good work that you're doing, creating jobs, creating opportunities for people to manufacture. And of course, then the huge global export opportunity that will be made in Africa. Chris Valant, the founder and chief executive at Valance, South Africa's, probably one of South Africa's most innovative furniture creators and distributors.